Story Guys. It's a podcast where the uh, stories are very, very real. But the points? They're totally fake. My name's Brian. I'm Murdoch. We are the storyguys.com is our uh, internet home base. Come hang out. Uh, send us an email at wearethestoryguys at gmail.com. That's right. And, and we can also, you also can see our other podcast there. It's Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories. Brian and I, we tell the truth behind the real rock and roll bedtime stories that you always wanted to know the truth about. The the rumor, the innuendo, the things you, you're not sure if they're quite true. We'll do a little research for you and find out. Um, up now, new episodes about Dave Stewart and Joe Walsh and and also uh, something about Jackie Wilson. Um, and let me just tell you, I love Jackie Wilson. I've been on a Jackie Wilson kick. Sunshine and Jackie Wilson make the COVID scare a little less scary. At least I listen to, three I minutes listen to the time. Rhythmics after uh, after we talked last time. I I listened to uh, the first Eurythmic records. It's fantastic. Do, do you have That's a great. song besides Sweet Dreams that you like by the Eurythmics? Like, Here comes the rain again. Well, yeah, but, but besides that, do you have like a, a like a deeper cut for people who only know the radio songs? No, no. For me, like I, it's it's real new to me because I only really listen to the to the hits and um, so I just I just after that I I went to go back to to listen to it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I never really liked her solo work as much. Um, but I just there's some sort of nostalgia I have with those songs. Um, so I got to go back and listen to like, you know, when that was happening, like I was listening to Motley Crue, I mean, or, or something, you know, some metal garbage. I did like Duran Duran a lot. So, you I know, could tell you, you all know what, kinds of Duran Duran stuff. The random album I've been listening to in this uh, lockdown period of my life has been uh the Fiona Apple song or the Fiona Apple record win the pawn. Like mm-hmm, I, yeah. I knew that record. I've owned that record. And like a couple weekends ago we were sitting around, you know, I don't know, playing board games and on a Saturday morning or something. I was just playing records and I put that on and I was like, this is it. And I just listened to it on repeat for a while. Also, the new Strokes album is uh, is clearly what my soul needed. I'm not a huge Strokes fan. Heard the new Strokes record. I was like, this is, this is my heartbeat right now. So I'm playing that yeah. a lot too. It's good. Yeah. If you haven't heard the new Strokes record, it sounds like Strokes. Um, I'm just saying it, it, it sounds pretty much like them. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're okay. You like them or you don't like them. That's kind of the, that's kind of the, their MO. I will say yeah. when people say like, do you like the Strokes? I'm like, I'll tell you what, I don't think of myself as a guy that likes the Strokes. Like just like to any crazy level, but I liked Julian Casablanca's solo record and I've seen Albert Hammond Jr. live in concert. So I guess I do. I guess I like the strokes a lot and nobody liked Julian Casablanca's solo record. Like that thing just got mm. lost to history. Yeah. Do you know that Albert Hammond Jr. was the last person to join the band? However, he knew Julian from when they went to a boarding school when they were 13 in Switzerland. It's a real thing. Those are rich boys. <laughs> well, and you know, that's it, Albert, right? Like Robert Hammond Jr. for Pete's sake. Man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's in the name. It's in the name. Uh, okay, so this show is not actually supposed to be about rock and roll all the time, though we do like to start our stories often with a rock and roll subtext. Uh, today, I took a whole lot of police song titles, you know, the band, The Police. Um, yeah. Uh, and Please don't let it be driven to tears. Like, uh, I'm just not ready to have an ugly cry on a, <laughs> a freaking podcast. <laughs> 
I, I can I, do it. I love the police. I've always liked the police. I took the classics, yeah. though. I put message in a bottle. Every little thing she does is magic. Don't stay so close to me. Roxanne and every breath you take all in a uh, hat. And we end up with a couple of creepy ones. Every breath you take. You got this? Ah. You want to start? Uh, um. I, I do. And by the way, I want to say a big shout out to everyone that played this song at their wedding because they thought it was romantic. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Might as well play Freebird. It's much more romantic. Do you uh, do you ever have asthma, by the way? Uh, no. I had a kid who, who had like childhood asthma for a little bit, but it would, no, no big deal. Yeah. We're, we're through it. It was mostly allergy related. Do you have asthma? Yeah. You're, you're at high risk for the COVID, man. I am. I am high risk. Yeah. I have high blood pressure too. So I'm, I'm high risk for it for sure. So I, I don't really go anywhere. Um, just, yeah, I, I don't want to like, I'm the person in the house that'll get it. So I, I would kind of like to just keep a low profile. And just, Is it worse being the person who gets it or the person that brings it home? Cause that's what I, I'll be the person that brings it home. Probably not the person that gets it. So I I'm very concerned about that. And I mean, it's just like an accident when that's, that sort of stuff happens. But yeah. hey, so when I was a kid, I had asthma and it was like um, ex- exercise induced asthma, which they didn't really talk about that as much. But when I would like go running, I would just, I would start to lose my breath and I just have an asthma attack and it suck. And like, sometimes I would just, I would be, I'd fall over. Um, and it was a drag and I had a nebulizer. Let me tell you, there is nothing hotter to a preteen girl than the boy with a nebulizer in his house. Dude, did yours, like, was the mask you put on, did it look like a fish? Because one of my kids had one of those, and they would trick them to do it. They'd be like, hey, um, put on the fish mask. And that's how we had to talk about it, because she was like four. She'd be like, hey, you want to put on the fish mask? Yeah. Is that, is no. that what you did? No. So you would put the liquid, like the liquid ventilin into a, a thing. And yeah, uh-huh. Get it, I'll follow. I'll get into and so it would, it would it would create a mist from it, but instead of that, I was it was sort of like a uh, like a big pipe that you were. Yeah, this has actually not changed that much from the late seventies to the when I did it. I don't know five or six years ago with my younger yeah, my so, oldest. So I did that, and I had inhalers, and uh, I had a, a gym teacher like yell at me to try to get me to get up while I was having an asthma attack when I was in school one time. Uh, they used to not be very sensitive to potential things you might be bringing with you into school, right? Like, you know, sickness, emotional baggage. In the seventies, man, it was it was all fair game. Just yeah, put your shorts ne- on, Murdoch. Pull those shorts yeah. up and be a man. Yeah. the The next day, the next day after that, uh, my mom showed up at school, and I got called to the office. And they were like, Mark, what did what did Mr. Davenport do? And I was like, I had an asthma attack, and he started screaming at me to get off the ground. <laughs> Can I hear what your mom said in the principal's office at this point? <laughs> I don't know. It was something something pretty terrible. That guy also in seventh grade instituted a uh, sink to the bottom uh, grading scale to What's where that mean? if like if you basically there was a curve on everybody's grade except for people that had A's. So if, so basically if you were, you were like had an 80 to 89, like it would automatically curve up the grades and except unless like you had A's already and then 
your grade wouldn't change. So <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't. I went and complained to the principal to tell him how stupid that was. You know, like, <laughs> how are how are you actually how are you trying to install the idea of learning to people when you're like trying to give them like a hall pass to try to. So let me get this straight. Not only were you the kid who was like so asthmatic, you were falling on the ground and ruining gym class. You then had to go to the principal and snitch on the guy who was trying to do a curve. Man, I bet you were super popular. Were you prom king? Nah, I got along with everybody. (laughs) Let's say that for sure. But so listen, so that was a little kid and that disappeared when I was a teenager. I smoked cigarettes for like 10 years and I didn't have asthma. Um, and so now we're like 30 years later and I have asthma again. It's back. Like it just showed up one day, like knocked on the door. like, Hey, um, it's your friend. It's like I, the, the guy from the Mucinex commercial is standing on your porch. Hey buddy. Long time. No see. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know what was happening in, in my doctor said, you asked me if I was having panic attacks and I told her that I've, I've had panic attacks before anxiety attacks and I've had those things you know and so she's like well I'll just give you some Xanax and uh, see if that works I'm like you're just gonna give me some Xanax like is this this is a thing so I just decide okay well I'm having trouble breathing I'm gonna take this downer uh, and see what happens uh, I don't like taking drugs like that at all, and it's definitely asthma. So, but yet, yeah, happens when I cut the grass or when I do a lot of like real physical activities. It's it's uh, it's tricky. Yeah, it's like. Did you ever see Cat's Eye the movie? There was a Stephen King movie where they had all the, like the little mini stories that were in it. Um, there was the there was the thing where. They, 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 uh, if someone needed to stop smoking, they brought them into a room and they had kidnapped their family and put them behind glass. And they oh, were right standing on. on this, they were standing on this metal thing that was ec- electric, electrocuting them and, um, to try to see if they could make the person tap out and say they'd stop smoking. Uh, and the whole time it was happening, 96 Teardrops was playing. That's how I, was, I, I found out what that song was. <laughs> anyway, there's a, there's a scene in it where there's a whole other mini thing where Drew Barrymore, yo-yo, um, is in it. And there's a cat that she loves. But at night, the cat tries to kill her and like suck her breath out of her mouth. So for some reason, when I have an asthma attack, every now and then I think about Drew Barrymore. <laughs> yeah, I do. It does happen. <laughs> So listen, let me tell you, there is nothing more freaking weird than to be cutting the grass, drinking a beer, hanging out, and you realize that you don't have like your inhalers in the house, and you like lay down, and you just lay down the grass, like trying to make sure you how, can get. How it often up. has this happened? Um, it's happened a couple times. Do, do you have some sort of red alert system to to let the homies know to come pull you up out of the grass? Like, what? Do you need to call me? Or do I need to like? floor it over to your part of town what's going on man this is concerning you're just laying in your yard with the lawnmower running is it close to your head there's so many questions i have now you can i don't know what i don't know if you cut your grass man but you let you let go of it and it stops working oh no i always have janky lawnmowers (laughs) that never works by the time i get it 
no, no, no. That, that happened last year. And so I, I have to carry the inhaler with me. And um, it'd be different if probably if I like changed the oil in the lawnmower or like took care of it or did anything. But like, you know, I don't even like empty the gas from winter to, to spring. So oh, that just, season's so short here because you might mow your lawn up till December and then you got to back out in March. It's barely enough yeah. time to have to empty the gas, or at least that's the justification I tell myself. Yeah, and that probably would help. There'd probably be like less, uh, you know, gasoline fumes coming at my face. <laughs> Right. That's just a freaking thing. Uh, today, uh, my neighbor next door, he's the doctor and his wife's a doctor. Totally kick ass having two doctors next door. Uh, yeah, they're dealing yeah. with COVID patients. He is specifically. Um, and has seen lots of like geriatric older patients that just they that they uh, they're pretty ill. Right. And then on the other side of me is Rob, Rob, who has a teardrop tattoo on his face with his girlfriend who one night pizza uh, Domino's delivered a pizza at the wrong address. And he like next door signed for my pizza and took my pizza from me. That's Rob next door. So on either side, they cut the grass today. So the doctor cut the grass and then Rob is cut the grass because he's, he's so, so you're you're feeling the pinch. You're feeling the competition. I 100 percent know what you're talking about, where you see them yeah. do it and you're like, dang it. Don't they know? I do not want to do that today. And now I feel this compulsion. Yeah, I've been well. I've been taking care of it, so it looks really nice. Now it's like just doing it's such a waste of gas and energy and breath. Yeah, my like literally yeah. breath. So, yeah. so my story about breath is a little different than yours, um, but it's inspired more by the thematic uh, arena that the police song plays in, and uh, less by the literal. Because um, we can agree, every breath you take is basically about like being a little Stop. creepy, right? Yeah, stalking. Yeah. Okay, so you you got to hear this story. I don't know if you've ever heard this story before. I was doing mornings, and I would... It was... You know, I don't think the telephone is quite as important now in radio as it used to be. But this was 20 years ago. And so you were using the phones all the time, right? It was like, call the radio station, 571-1077, and tell us what you think about blah, 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 blah. And so, especially on a morning show... And for a long period of time, I was doing the morning show by myself without a co-host. So I was always trying to work the phones and get people on the phones and talk to people and get them to say goofy stuff and ask them about topics. You remember all this stuff, right? You used to do all this. Right. Oh, yeah, man. So I get, I start getting calls where I would just like run through the phones. Like I just have a lot of calls in the morning, right? I just talk to whoever would, and I would just wait for the phone to ring and I would like try to stretch it out as long as I could and get stuff out of them and everything. And I start getting a series of phone calls at some point where this woman would call me and she would say, hey, can you play Aria Speedwagon? And I'd be like, yeah. And she would say, can you play, um, what's the what's the love song? Not Take It On The Run. Uh, um, I can't fight this feeling. I can't fight this feeling. That's what it was. Oh. And she would go, can you play I Can't Fight This Feeling? And I would be like, oh, yeah, sure. Hey, what station? Blah, blah, blah. And I'd get her to say the station call letters and all that dumb stuff that you do. Um, And uh, and then I noticed she kept, she would call regularly and she would ask for that. And then sometimes she would say stuff like non sequitur stuff that didn't make sense to me. 
and she would like I'd have the recorder ready and she would be like hey Brian and I'd be like hey what's up who's this oh it's and I don't even remember her name now she would say her name and then she'd be like hey um I love you um will you play Are you a Speedwagon and I was like <clears throat> wait what <laughs> And uh, so this w- this went on for a while, where she would call and mostly request Ario Speedwagon. I can't fight this feeling, and she was like, "This is my song for you. I can't fight this feeling." And I would be like, "Did she just say that song was for me? No, that's not what she said. That can't be right." So this went on for I, I don't know how long. I want to say like a period of weeks, maybe a period of months, where she would just randomly call, and at the time we didn't have any technology in the studio in terms of like call waiting or anything because I was like on a flanker station which means I wasn't important like there was a it it was just a a low frequency not it was never going to perform super well it was just there to kind of like shave off points from the competition across town and um I mean, I was 23 and I was doing the morning show. Clearly, it was it was, it was not going to do a lot of stuff in the market. Um, this is a great story to like keep under your belt for sure. Uh, so I then um, got a call one day from a guy, and the guy says, "Is this Brian?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Hey, this is Chris." And I was like, "Hi, Chris. What's up, man?" And he's like. I'll tell you what's up. You need to stop sleeping with my wife. And I was like, wait, <laughs> did I say, did I say this was Brian? I think what, what? No, I meant, and he's like, uh, I know all about you too. And I was like, I'm going to need you to just explain a little bit. I'm like, I dude, I'm 23 and I have no idea what's happening right now. Like, I need you to explain what you're talking about. And he's like, you know, my wife, Melinda or whatever. I cannot remember her name. And I was like, are you talking about that girl that calls and requests Ario Speedwagon all the time? And he's like, I don't know what she calls, but I know she's having an affair with you. And I was like, dude, <laughs> I'm going to be real honest. I have no idea what you're talking about. And he's like, sure, way to play it, tough guy. And I was like, dude, I do not know. Like, like, I don't know what I have to do to convince you, but all I know about your wife is she calls up here like once a week and asks me if I'll play Ario Speedwagon. Sometimes I think she might say she loves me under her breath, but it's very weird and unclear. Outside of that, I wouldn't know who she was if she walked in this room right now. I've never seen her. I've never talked to her outside of like, asked her if she wanted me to play Aria Speedwagon. She just calls me a lot, dude. And I think you might have an issue in your marriage, but I don't think I'm it. <laughs> and, and I'm up like, he's like, well, I'll, you know, and he like just blusters and then hangs up. And I'm like, <laughs> my, my college degree in broadcast journalism did not prepare me for this moment. <laughs> I have no idea what is happening. So I go to my program director. I'm like, dude. And I tell him the story. And he's like, well, hmm. First, let's get caller ID. <laughs> so we go to Walmart. <laughs> we buy like, I will never forget what this thing looked like. This very of the moment um, round caller ID mechanism that you would plug into the phone and every time a number would call it would like flash and, and rotate around the ball like on this screen and it's weird oh yeah. dude and i was like so every time the phone would ring i would look and be like like once we we had to wait and figure out what the phone number was and then i would watch for it because she didn't quit calling and uh so i had to file a restraining order <gasps> what 
What? Why well, have you never told me about I, your I restraining order? I thought order? I must have told. When when the, when Arya Speedwagon showed up on Ozark, I was like, dude, have I ever told Murdoch the story about the the stalker? Wow, man, I never had a restraining order. So so I here's the deal. I said I jumped the gun. I said super I super dangerous, Brian. I, I dude, I was like, I wish you'd known me at 23 because you would have beat me up. Like I such a dweeb, and so. The whole idea of this is so hilarious because of that. So I I, I jumped the gun and said I, I did a restraining order. I don't think they would let me do a restraining order because I didn't know enough about her. But they like had they had me set up to where like once I knew more about her, I would be able to or something like that. It was like this weird like pre restraining order thing where I had to like a cop came to the radio station. I'd describe the situation. I'd tell her how this guy had called and threatened me and how I didn't know anything about him and blah 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 blah. So, all that to say, she showed up at a remote. Oh, where you were. Yeah. And it was the last time and only time I saw her. And because remember, I have no idea what to go on. Like, I don't know what she looks like. I don't know who she is. I don't know anything about her. I'm 23 years old. I weigh 97 pounds. No, I, I weigh more than that, but I was not very big. Um, and... I look like a baby. Like I looked 16. This would literally happen. Like one time my dad was in town yeah. visiting me and we were setting up for a remote broadcast and I was the morning show guy and people were kept coming up to him. You know, he's like in his early fifties at this point and talking to him and he'd be like, Oh, you think I'm the guy on the radio? No, that's him over there. And they're like, no, that's the intern. Right. And they're like, no, no, that's Brian. <laughs> he just looks like he's in high school. So, uh, uh, this so this woman showed up and the only thing I remember about this interaction she showed up and she told me who she was and then she grabbed my hair and she goes oh I didn't think your hair would be like this and I was like this is the weirdest thing I've ever been a part of man how weird is that <laughs> and, my, and the program director was with me and I was like bro what do I do and he's like um well uh i don't know he was useless he, yeah he was useless and um and then like it, it kind of resolved itself like i'd had i had the cops on standby there's no crazy culmination to the story where like she showed up and had rubbed putting all of herself on my on the hood of my car that happened to a friend of mine that did not happen to me she just disappeared i think when she realized that i was like a child bride <laughs> <laughs> that I was this scrawny 23 year old and not I think my voice sounds a little a little huskier and more developed and sexier than it is because um I think she just showed up and was really disappointed which at the time I was like thank god because I don't know how to handle any of this <laughs> I, can, I can't I can't handle having a stalker this is very yeah. upsetting and, and then you know there's a certain clout you have at the radio station because all the other guys are like whoa you have a stalker why don't I have a stalker Oh, it's weird, man. Like, no, this woman was clearly unhinged. Like, clearly not mentally. Like, it was sad. It was one of those things that wasn't, like, hilarious or funny. Or, I mean, it was a little scary, mostly because as soon as as soon as you met her or talked to her, you were like, oh, this woman isn't right. Like, something's very wrong. And the way she views yeah. the world is wrong. And she was like, I want to say she was, I mean, I was 23. I bet she was pushing 50, like, in between yeah. 40 and 50 somewhere. I mean, it was all very weird. Um, but, yeah, that's my story about Aria Speedwagon and how I cannot listen to Can't Fight This Feeling anymore because of that. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you since you've never told me about this. What is the Ario Speedwagon song that you hear and you're like, oh man? Yeah, that one. Can't fight this feeling. All right, so who wins? Is it me or you? Uh, I, I'm you. I mean, I, there's no doubt really with me. 
I mean, I got to say, I, I've saved the stalker story this long because I needed a win. So I'll take those <laughs> points. I'll take all 467 of those points, I'm sure, is the exact amount you're giving me. And we'll call That's it good. Right. Brian is the champion for Story Guys this week. Yay! Make sure you listen to our other show that's called Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories. You can find it uh, on iTunes and everywhere else that you like to download your stuff. And uh, you can visit us at our home base, wearethestoryguys.com. Find both pods there. Find other stuff we're working on and talking about and writing. And um, there's one thing we like to always make sure that you do when you leave here. What is that, Mark? Keep telling stories. Story Guys is a production of Brian Eichenberger and Mark Murdoch. Get more stories, hear more podcasts, and book the guys for your conference or house party at wearethestoryguys.com. Copyright 2019 Boy Have We Got Stories Productions. All rights reserved.